Hey guys, welcome back. You are listening to Let It Out with me, your host, Katie Dalebout. And today on the podcast, something a little bit different, another in-person interview, which I'm hoping to do maybe exclusively now. I don't know. We'll see. Probably not exclusively, but now that I'm in New York, I'm doing most of them in person, which is so much fun and I think adds an additional element of realness that I really like. So This one was recorded my second day in New York, I think. It was also my boyfriend's birthday, Nick, who you'll hear in this episode. And this isn't a get-to-know-my-boyfriend episode. He's just kind of in it. We'll do that another time. But you'll hear him ask like a funny question at the end about tomatoes that if you stick around after the outro, I left it in. But anyway, the point is this episode features Chef Chris Zabita, who is the executive chef at Cafe Society in Greenwich Village and the publicist of the cafe of the restaurant, Chetna, was a lovely and she invited me to come and check it out and sample the food because he does something really cool. Instead of being a farm-to-table restaurant, he's a market-to-table restaurant because he lives, well, he doesn't live, but the hotel, the restaurant's within the Walker Hotel in Greenwich Village, and the hotel slash restaurant is really close to the Union Square Farmer's Market, which we talk about a lot in this episode because that's where he draws his inspiration. He It's so cute. He loves going to the market more than anything else about his job, and he gets so excited by the produce there that that's what really dictates the dishes. And Anyway, I loved this conversation. It was so much fun, and it's kind of a shorter episode, maybe a different episode than what you're used to, but hopefully you like it, and next week's episode, I'm really excited about. I'm excited about this one too, but I'm really excited about next week's episode. I'll tell you who's coming up on the show next week after this episode if you stick around to the very, very end. So I'll tell you the emoji to tweet at me, which I've just been loving. It's like the secret club we have where... I got last week I got so many red backpacks which was so funny because of my funny story about phantom losing my wallet and my backpack that I told at the beginning of last week's episode so anyway if you want to stick around to hear that stay till the end if not that's cool too thank you guys so much for listening again this podcast my favorite thing I've ever done ever so I hope you like this episode we talk about food but we also talk about no waste dinners and we talk about you know the industry of being a chef i didn't really know much about but you really have to work your way up it's very competitive and we spoke about that we spoke about being a home chef and being creative in the kitchen we spoke about cooking trends i got some advice for home cooks we talked about his cooking mantra which i really think can be a mantra in life and he was just a lovely person and I hope you like this episode. You can kind of feel my excitement for just getting to New York, which hasn't dwindled at all. I'm still equally excited about being here. And yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. And I'll talk to you at the end. But first, a couple announcements. I want to talk about the sponsors. 
But next weekend, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, Wednesday, in three days from now, four days from now, I will be in Philly. I'm going to Philadelphia back. I was there speaking at the Good Fest, and I made so many friends, one of them being my friend Chris, who is the founder of Franklin and Whitman, which is this amazing all-natural skincare line, and he is having an event there called self-care sunday and it's going to be a yoga and skincare event that my friend kate is doing a skincare demo and there's a yoga class led by georgina and i will be there so come the really great thing about this is that all of the proceeds go to an animal shelter in philadelphia and i think that's really great so come support the animals come see me hang out do some yoga i think it'll be a really great time i'm excited to be back in philly i've only been there one other time for the good fest and that was wonderful so i'm expecting this will be equally as great i got to meet so many of you guys there so let me know if you guys can come to this if you want to do a meetup while i'm in town that would be really cool again it's on sunday july 16th from 10 to 12 30 and we'll have the link in the show notes of where to get tickets Okay, our sponsors this week. We've got FreshBooks as a sponsor again. Remember FreshBooks? You know FreshBooks. You love FreshBooks. It's the summer. You're out. You're spending money. And if you really want to get on top of your finances, FreshBooks is the way to do it. And you can get an unrestricted 30-day trial by going to freshbooks.com slash let it out and enter the code let it out in the how did you hear about us section so let it out in the how did you hear about us section remember FreshBooks; they're great you guys they really help you get organized and stay on top of your finances you can track your time if you're a freelancer it makes you look so professional for billing and it's just great even if you're not a freelancer for keeping on tab keeping tabs on what you're spending your money on i think that's something that we often forget and we're always juggling a million things and your finances, I don't know if it's just me, but they can kind of be the first thing to go. So this really helps you track your business finances, your personal finances, so you can create more room for abundance. And I think that's always a good thing to do. So remember, 30-day unrestricted trial. You can try it for free by going to freshbooks.com slash let it out and entering the code let it out in the how did you hear about us section. Okay, another one of my favorite sponsors new do they're amazing you can feel how natural their products are when i use them on my skin i love them amanda loves them and they really use these personalized products so it's not the same product for everyone you can go to their website you can find what works for you it's a natural beauty system their eye cream is our favorite amanda and i and for a limited time new do is offering 20 percent off to you guys to the listeners of this podcast so if you order today and use the promo code let it out at checkout that's let it out the name of the show you're going to get your 20 percent off and the great thing about it is that they also have a 60 day 100 percent money back guarantee so you literally have nothing to lose try it out if you don't like it you've got 60 days to get your money back and you get 20 percent off so that's nudu.com n-u-d-u.com Enter the code let it out to get your 20% off. All right. Hopefully see some of you guys in Philly this weekend. If not, I'll talk to you at the end of the episode. Enjoy my conversation with Chef Chris. It's really exciting. Chetna told me I have the perfect face for radio, so. <laughs> 
Your uh-huh. face. I wish we had you a camera. A, you got a you got a good face. You I actually do. You do look great. He's actually a photographer. Yeah. We'll take a photo before we leave. All right. Cool. Um, because your face is great for radio it's the best face. and camera. Yeah. <laughs> so how long have you been here? Uh, so I've been here since uh, September, middle of September is when I started. Okay, so that's um, like fairly recent. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. When I came on board, uh, the restaurant had, um, the hotel had been like bought out a little while back or, or changed over, rebranding and stuff like that. So we, um, when I came on board, this was a different restaurant, and they brought me in to launch a new restaurant. We've got some uh, background loud, noise. It's yeah. a what is that ice? Well, I guess we should back up a bit anyway. So, what? Where are we? What is the name of All this right. restaurant? Where are we? What hotel are we in? We're All in a what city? So we're tell in, me uh, everything. Tell you anything. What is your name? So my name is Chris Rizvita. We're at the Walker Hotel. Chef um, Chris. Chef Chris Rizvita, sure. Um, and we're at the Walker Hotel, the restaurant society cafe, uh, in Greenwich Village, New York. Cool. So, did you grow up in New York? Did, did I did not. I grew up in Jersey. Uh, okay. I'm like West Jersey though, so I was like maybe an hour or so away. Uh, but I spent a lot of time coming to New York City. How did when did you move to New York? So my my whole story, my backstory, I guess, yeah. would be that I uh, when I when I was younger, uh, when I was about 24, uh, I moved to Orlando for a couple years, and um, I was there for about five years or so. Uh, and I started cooking a lot down there, like much more like professionally cooking. I'd always cooked for my whole life, but that was when it became like really more professional and, and knew that that was more like the path I was going to take. Um, and after about five years down there, I just said I wanted to come home and see my family again. And I got lucky and had a job offer when I came home for a vacation one time. Somebody offered me a job, which was pretty cool. And, in uh, Jersey or in, in the city? Here in the city. I took a job working for Mark Forgione down in Tribeca. Okay. And um, again, it was really just by chance and took a job and uh, here we are now. <laughs> so... Do you, I've I don't really know anything about like cooking or being a chef other than like an occasional chef's table okay. episode and like <laughs> old school like the only I think I watched them show Rocco Despirio. Oh my or, god, my with, dog is actually named after him. Really? Yeah. My mom <laughs> loves him. My really? mom loves them, and she or I think that's what it was. There was this very stressful reality TV show about kitchens and chefs being super stressed out people and have being like one of the most like careers that people are the most stressed out and you have to really work your way up and like start at the bottom is that kind of what you were doing in Tribeca and how did you kind of talk um, about that it's what I was doing uh, in my whole life really like it really is true Uh, it's not just New York City Um, it's like that everywhere you you really do have to work your way up so when I moved down to Disney I was uh, I started to Disney in Orlando yeah, yeah Wow, yeah. just glossed, glossed over that little detail. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I kind of like forget to mention that because for me, like, there's nothing else in Orlando. Honestly, it's, yeah, right. That's like, it's like it's, I assumed. I assumed. Yeah. But. Um, I shouldn't say that. Sorry, Orlando. Unless you worked in the Applebee's. <laughs> What's that? Unless you worked in like the Applebee's in the strip mall. Across <laughs> <Disney World>. <laughs> <laughs> so I just spent like the first like uh, two or three months. Um, like I was like whatever I just wanted a foot in the door I wanted to just get in and do whatever I could so I did it and uh, my buddy Tony uh, Chef Tony uh, I've known him for uh, like 17 years now um, and he was able to like help me out to like move to like a much better restaurant um, into a more of a it was a steakhouse it was a fine dining restaurant in a, one of the resorts so that was exciting and then after about two years in that place I said what's next like, you know I've done everything here and uh, or as much as I was going to be able to do, so what's next? So then I moved to this place called Victorian Alberts. Uh, it's in the Grand Floridian Resort in Disney, and um, it's a triple-A, five-diamond restaurant, so there's, like, a lot of intensity going on there. But in each spot, I constantly was, like, you, 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 
until you get to a certain level, you're always having to go back and start over. So in other words, like you always, when you when you take a job as a line cook in, in another restaurant, no matter how far along really you've come, like you're like, okay, I kind of have to go back and go back to being just the the cold appetizer guy, you know, like relearning the whole kitchen all over again until you get to a certain point in your like, career. Um, so like it really is like that stressful environment of, of like proving yourself over and over and over again, and then. I came up here and I kind of had that as well. I just came into a, a fortunate situation when I went to work uh, at Mark Forgione. Like it was fortunate in the sense that um, he was looking for a couple of cooks. The line cooks that were there were, were pretty good, um, but the turnover had been a little high, I think. And then also like we, I, I was fortunate that, that he got so lucky. He, he all of a sudden, like I was there for maybe six or seven months before he became a, an iron chef. So like now also like here's this here's this restaurant which went from doing 90 covers on a Friday night to doing 190 covers on a Friday night. So now we're like super busy. So that was cool because like I kind of like was just kind of thrown into it. Like yeah. you know you're one of those guys that were here from the not from the very beginning of the restaurant, but I was here when it was like slower, quieter times. And now here I am like we like we need somebody who's like who's good. And I had already kind of learned most of the kitchen. So like it was it was you know just like. Boom! You're there. Get in. You know. Yeah. It was good. That was that was helpful. Was he a mentor of yours? A huge mentor. He. Um, so uh, Tony DeLuca, like I mentioned, he was one of the first chefs that I, I worked for that I would say is a mentor. I still talk to Tony on a regular basis. That was one. Like, that's in Orlando. that's in Disney. Yeah. yeah. And I, I talk to him on a regular basis, and he really cool. does help me out and like gives me a lot of guidance. But because of the proximity to to Mark Forgione here in in the city, being only you know a few blocks basically from Tribeca being able to go down there anytime I want to go talk to him that's a huge difference like now now like he is a huge mentor for me um, to get to like just always like bounce things off of him and uh, ask for advice and it's it's so much fun like go stopping by just for a drink or something on a, on a Friday night like when he's there and having a you know sitting at a bar and like they throw food out towards you like it's awesome it's just that's fun great. to see it you know and that's like that's inspirational on its own yeah um, and then like after I eat it and then like maybe a day or two later like calling him up and like texting him like hey let's tell me all about cool. which one was that idea that sort of thing like, hey i really like that that was fun yeah that sort of stuff. has he had your food he has he ate here uh, let's see so, so we opened this restaurant in november we actually opened this restaurant on my birthday november 16th oh cool um and uh, that was very exciting but he came here uh shortly after that probably like uh middle of december he came in and uh, i just sent a bunch of stuff out to him and one of the coolest things was uh two days later he sent me an email with what he thought of everything and like it's you know you have to be prepared to take the criticisms, um, but getting critiqued by somebody like him um, is actually it what like the th the things he said were that he didn't like or were bad. I didn't like take it so to heart. I took it more like this guy knows what he's talking about. You know, you know, I mean, he knows everything, right? So his his criticisms aren't just like, oh, I don't like it. Right. I, don't, I don't like this dish. Like it was like, no, you need to do this to make this a better dish. And that was that was really cool. Like so, it's the only time he's ever been in here. Um, I wish he would come more often, but yeah. he's a busy man. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> So where do you draw inspiration from? It's from other people's, you know, things that you like, but... Um, yeah, I, I read a ton of cookbooks, like a ton. Like, I have a, I have a cookbook problem. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I constantly buy them over, like, just... I have way too many in my house. Um, so, like... But I buy, like, big-name ones, you know, like... Uh, like, 11 Madison Park, Daniel Hume, like, uh, anything from Daniel Blue. Like, I just... Thomas Keller. I just have all these books all the time books from around the world so I you know we eat with our eyes so I like to see the see them in pictures of course and then kind of see like oh where they like what do they got here what's this small little detail things like that that's that's the inspiration but like you, you also get inspired by 
by not not just um, I guess like restaurant food you, you get inspired by just like uh, you know I do go to the market four times a day uh, for, sorry four times a week over to uh, <laughs> sometimes four times a That'd day be a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I go it's to the close it's only a, a few <laughs> 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 it's only a few blocks I go back and forth no like uh, four times a week I'm over there at Union Square it's great and um, so uh, you're I, I mean at least me I get inspired by going over there and saying like oh wow like look what look what's out like finally like squash and zucchini are here like and like it's ex- it's exciting to see that like so grabbing a ton of it coming back and, and what can we do with it but yeah. you know like let's just come up with something new like what can we what do we got you know thank you so much thank all you. the drinks for everyone here. listening drinks have arrived cheers <laughs> pour yourself a drink wherever you are oh this is delicious so talking about the farmer's market so you're, like you said, you're really close to the Union Square Farmer's Market. And right. as someone who just moved to New York, tell me about this Farmer's Market. Is it, like, a really great one in the city? <laughs> I don't know much about it. So there's uh, there's green markets across New York City, the you know, Manhattan, the Bronx, everywhere. Um, and they bring in farmers from all around. Uh, you have them, I've seen them as far away as Vermont. You, know, you get Pennsylvania, New Jersey. And they come every week? They come. They come on, like, for example, though, like, the one in Union Square here is the biggest one out of all these, like, little satellite ones. There's one in Tribeca uh, a couple days a week. There's one, like, in Bowling Green, whatever. They're all over the place. But the one in Union Square is the biggest one. So this is four times a week, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. And on those four days, maybe not... Maybe not every farm is there every every single time. Got it. Um, some of them are. So they That's rotate. probably the more local ones, right? But there are ones that are from further away that mm-hmm. can only make it like maybe once or twice a week. It's a lot for them to come down here all that all that often. Um, it, it that is the best one, the Union Square one. It's by far the best. Um, but I mean, not to say that the other ones are bad, but it's just that everything's right there. You know, yeah. it's just super convenient for especially for our location to be able to get there. Yeah. So you kind of have relationships with these farmers. You kind of know what you like when you go there. You yep. get inspired by that. So I actually didn't realize that the chef does, like, the purchasing of the food. Not always. Not always. Okay. I mean, like, I, I, like, I will say, like, I've walked around and seen people like Tom Colicchio um, from, uh, from Kraft and, I mean, all over TV, right? Uh, Gunther Seeger, who has a restaurant called... Gunther Seeger um, on, on Hudson Street. Uh, this guy's like a is like a legend. Like, and I like I get so excited though. For me, like I still consider myself a cook. I just how it's my mentality. I, I'm sure they do too. But here's these guys who we aspire to be, and like they they're walking around the market and like hmm. getting like fist bumps from Gunther Seeger. I was like, that's pretty sick. Cool. <laughs> that's cool. So for people like me who who don't. I don't really know much about the kitchen world. What is the difference between a cook and a chef? And like how obviously I see one as like the boss, but how do you how do you um, handle that? Uh, I mean, in, in in straightforward, you know, the chef is obviously the one that's in charge. You're right; like he's the boss. Um, but he has creative control of the menu. Correct. Okay. Correct. Uh, the cooks are. Uh, it's a brigade system, so the cooks are the ones that work all the stations. That are somebody's on the meat station, on the pasta station, so on and so forth. Okay. Um, but that, that, that's not to say that they're not chefs. And on the reverse of it too, every chef is still a cook. Like it's, I really do have a mentality. Like I always, I'm just, I just cook. That's all I do. I, I try to. I don't know if it's humble for me to say that I'm humble, but I am. Um, <laughs> but it's true. Like that's, that's what I do. Like I just, I'm just a cook. I'm just a line cook. You know. Yeah. First of all, you're wonderful. <laughs> that sounds great. I hope that energy is infused into your food. Um, another question I have. So you talked about going to the farmers market, and obviously having fresh seasonal things is something that I know from hearing about you before and from what we've been talking about is something that you infuse into this restaurant. So, but at the end of the day, this restaurant, I looked at the menu and it looks like it's great and accommodates 
everyone. Um, but is it important to you to have a lot of, you know, options on the menu for plant-based people or people who have dietary restrictions? And I want to know how you feel about when people are trying to modify the menu as a chef in a, in a way that a dish that you created. How do you feel about that? All right. Honestly. So I, is it important to have options? Of course, it's important to have options. Definitely. Um, I don't necessarily do it intentionally. In fact, the other night, um, there are two gentlemen here, and uh, I said, yeah, they, they, I came up to talk to them, and they were like, well, we definitely want to have uh, the scallops and the pabardil. Um So that's one of our pasta that we make in-house. Yeah, no problem. And I said, ask if there's any restrictions or anything but like that. Nope, they're good to go. So I came out serious, I put two dishes together. One was a, we, 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 it was a tomato salad, which wasn't on the menu yet, but I just brought some tomatoes in, just wanted to play with them. Um, so uh, I made that for them, and then I also made this cool squash dish uh, with uh, like baby squashes and zucchinis and things like that, house-made yogurt, and brought it up, and it, literally as I put it on the table, I was like, wow, I didn't realize these are actually two vegetarian dishes. I don't necessarily think, like, I have to make something vegetarian, or it right. has to be gluten-free. I don't have that, like... It's not that like my, my I don't set out to be that way. It's more it's actually more exciting when it just happens to work out. Like wow, that's pretty cool. Um, so the tomato salad actually just made its way onto the menu, uh, and we replaced uh, the, the, that replaced a fluke dish. Um, so I I notice now that my first courses are starting to become more vegetarian, vegetable focused, and I actually get really excited about that. Um, again, I don't do it intentionally, and it doesn't mean that I don't like like. I don't want. I don't like people to think like we're a vegetarian restaurant. That's not. I don't. I don't want that. I don't. I label. Just, yeah, label. I was gonna say stigma. Like it's not a bad thing, but it mm-hmm. doesn't. You know, I, I don't want that label at all. Right. But I also don't want vegetarians to think like we can't go there because they don't have vegetables. Right. No, it's not the case. Like, uh, I try to be accommodating too. Like, so, so you're asking like, uh, you know, somebody coming in and modifying maybe quote unquote picky people, mm-hmm. um, right? Um, I'm one of them. Hello. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I try to accommodate people in that way. Like if you if you if you know you don't eat dairy, okay, we'll we'll work around it. We'll see. Like uh, our tomato salad has cheese on it. Like it's not going to be the end of the world if you ask me to take the cheese off. That's not the that's not a big deal. There are some like things where people might get a little crazy. Like um, this isn't necessarily vegetable forward, but like some like you know people I, you want to modify things. Like uh, yeah, I don't want fries, but can I get like a whole extra salad on the side? Like no, that's like a bit much, don't you think? Like uh, so you're not really substituting apples for apples here. Right. There, there's a difference in like being people like modifying there is like a level of where you're like okay we gotta jump a line here right so (laughs) coming from someone who is one of those picky people and i some of them are like physical things that i like really have to avoid and other things are preferences and a lot of people listening have preferences or like allergies as a chef and someone who you know deals with this all the time what are, because I know I've been in a situation where I sometimes look at the menu as a list of ingredients when I look what's in things. Right. And I'm like, oh, well, they could. I know you guys back there have these things, and I want these things together, and I know you're really good at what you do. You know, could you make something special? Or, like, in my mind, which sounds, like, so awful and, like, kind of, um, you know, making, I don't know, I can't think of the word, but making someone go out of their way on my behalf, which I never like to do, but in the situation of like, well, I'm, this is an experience I want to have. This is something that I want to, you know, coming out to eat is like an, a fun experience. And I right. want to be able to have that in a way that like is fun for me. Um, as a chef, how is the best way to, I guess that's maybe more of a question for the 
wait staff, but like how is the best way that you can get the clearest picture of like what the guest is wanting? Like how would you go about that coming um, from a chef's perspective? There are times, there's been times like, um, sometimes I find it easier if I just come up and say hello. You know, like I, I've come up to tables like um, maybe not just in this restaurant, in many restaurants I've worked in, uh, maybe the guest or the server isn't really conveying the message well enough to me. Uh, or seems almost kind of standoffish, like, uh, well, she says she wants this. I don't know. I'm like, you know what? I'll just come up and talk to the table. Good for and, you. Uh, I feel like that's cool. rare. Chef. Yeah. yeah. It, it is, I guess. Um, but I that actually comes from my, like, Disney background. Like, it's, uh, uh, you know, we, we you take care of the guests. That's how you do it. Um, so I, I don't – I'm shy. I don't really love going to tables, but I also don't like somebody to, like, not get a good experience. Um, and so, like, coming up and being able to be like – what are your, you know, what's going on? What don't you want? What do you, what's the allergies? We'll figure, let's work around this. What can we do for you to make you happy? Um, so I do know what you're saying, though. Like, you might look at it as a list of ingredients and say, well, you have all these things back there. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if I have it, sure, I don't, I'm not going to say no to it. But uh, there are times, too, like, you've got to be careful, I guess, because sometimes if you modify so much, not, not you as a guest, I mean, as a chef, if I, if I modify so much, um, you, you run the risk of a, of a guest saying the food's not good there. Right. That's something that, it's not easy. It's a balance, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, so, you know, nowadays we live with, with Yelp and Open Table, all these reviews right. everywhere, right? Everybody's a critic. Right, exactly. So if we if we modify a dish completely, you know, like, okay, well, uh, I'll, eat, I'll eat scallops, but I don't want anything that scallops come with make somebody totally different. I put that out there and you go, I didn't like the scallop dish. Right. And now I'm going to Yelp about it. Well, right. now I look bad. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's tough. Like, you have to be careful with that. But I think that actually... When I when I do the times I do come up to the table and talk to the guests, I think it actually does help because I think that kind of makes it more like, you know, he 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 put more effort into it instead yeah. of just like a server like going whatever. You know what I mean? Totally. <laughs> I don't even know how to say it. This is interesting to me because I am, I'm having this thought now as like because I've never talked to a chef about this and I go to a lot of restaurants and I make a lot of modifications <laughs> and I am a person who would never I okay to me I would value having a dish without all the things I want to have it without, even if it didn't taste as good as maybe the chef would have wanted it. Or even to me, like, oh, that didn't taste great, but, like, at least it, I know I'm not, you know, I didn't have any, like, gluten or dairy or, like, whatever right. the thing was. Like, I'm happier with that than I am with the fact, in some situations, that it, like, tasted really great, but it, like, had butter or had right. whatever I didn't want on right. it. And so I think that's an interesting perspective of, like, but I completely understand why sometimes I've gotten dishes that didn't do what I had asked them to do and I'm understanding why because as the chef they're like well I need to put this in there it's not going to taste good right right and so I think it's just good for people to hear this conversation of like everybody's trying to do their best with for <laughs> their eating experience and like right. let's all be forgiving to like the guest and the chef of like everybody just want and also like please no one write a scathing review of a <laughs> of a place if you are making modifications because that seems crazy <laughs> right. I've, I've seen it happen that's why like i'm like oh, yeah, yeah. no that's really i'm like glad we're recording this conversation because i feel like that's interesting so okay i feel like i feel good about that topic i want to know more about you so growing up did you know you wanted to be a chef as a kid when did you know before you moved to florida so uh i i worked in a country club growing up um from when i was like 16 until i don't know how old um but I would do anything to make money when I was younger. Uh, so I started working as like a bag boy there. 
cool as making great great money. Oh, cool! My um, grandpa plays a ton of golf. Oh like, yeah, nice. always loves the bag boys. Nice. <laughs> well, we appreciate that. <laughs> um, but at one point, you know, I was like I said, I was I just want to make money however yeah. I could. So I mean, I even worked like landscaping, anything. And one day they asked me to work in the kitchen, and I was like, yeah, of course, you're gonna pay me. Okay, good. So I went and worked in the kitchen, and uh, from the second I walked in, like I was like, this is actually all I want to do. I, I I couldn't have worked full time there doing that because they didn't need me always, but from time to time they would take me in. And, uh, and it, that was so exciting, like, getting to work on the line. And um, even though sometimes I was just in between, like, um, like two of the chefs, and maybe I was just, like, putting, like, something like something small on the plate, but it was, like, getting to be there. And, like, I love that energy. So, like, I knew then, like, this is all I want to do. But then, like, going back further, like, um, you know, I, I grew up in a big Italian family. So uh, my grandmother used to cook all the time. Um, she used to make her own pasta. We, we still, to this day, I mean, like, all my grandparents are gone, but we still, to this day, like, can our own tomatoes every year wow. um, and uh, you know we always have like jars of tomatoes downstairs to make our own tomato sauce with so like it's always been like in me somehow um, yeah. and like it's just it's always been part of me like I can't I, I really I couldn't imagine doing anything else people asked me before like what would you do if you didn't yeah. do this I was like I don't I don't really know Wow. I don't know eat food I guess I don't know <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't cook yeah. it I just eat it <laughs> so what was your relationship to food like growing up my relationship to food growing up you'd be, you'll be surprised I, I actually was not an adventurous eater um, I was really particular. Um, he was like that too. He's like an adventurous <laughs> eater now, but you yeah. were really picky, right? When you were a kid. I ate like yogurt. Like that was it. <laughs> and, like, and like bread, but then not bread, but then bread again. It was like weird. Yeah, he told me like for lunch, you would have like an apple and yogurt every yeah, day, right? Yeah, that was pretty much it. very healthy. I was that's like, good. that's a snack. Yeah. That is not yeah, a Yeah, because I didn't like sandwiches because like I was in a bread-free zone for a while. Okay. I used to have like hot dogs like without the bun. All right. But then I would only eat the bun and not do the hot dog. <laughs> I was a super weird kid. Yeah, we reversed because as a kid, I ate everything. Yeah. And then now I eat like, now <laughs> Um, but yeah, back to like you. People, people do say that though. Like people like yes, like, like and I'm like, ah, oh, I used to be really particular. Like, so what would and I would you, eat like crappy food. Like I would eat like you know like junk food a lot. Like things like that. Um, trust me, I still eat that stuff. Like yeah. I, mean, I, mean, I eat ramen noodles from time to time. Like, yeah, yeah. The, the, the chef good. life is not like it's not as glorious as you might think. People, like, people always think that like, oh my god, you're a chef. You must eat like crazy good. Not really. We come home at twelve thirty at night and. I'm gonna throw together some ramen noodles or a grilled cheese sandwich. That's it's so doing. interesting because you're <laughs> cooking this beautiful food for people all day long, yeah. and then for yourself at the yeah. end of the day. I mean, not that I don't ever want to be in a kitchen, but kind of like, sort of like at the same time, like the last thing you want to do is like come home and be like, let me, let me pull out my knives and right. dice this yeah, on right. you. You know, exactly. it's like not really what we're what I'm into. But now, like as I as I got older, my I started to experiment, not experiment, but like just kind of let's let's taste some more food, let's see some more things, and and the more kitchens I worked in the more exotic, I guess, ingredients I was in, exposed to. Now I don't care. I'll eat anything. It doesn't matter what it is. I'll always try it. So when you are when you have time off or when you're eating on your own, are you a foodie and like to explore other restaurants? Do you kind of need to do that for inspiration too? Uh, sort of. A little, yeah. I mean, we do definitely do it for inspiration still. I think every chef still does. Uh, we like to go out and see what the new hot spot is or whatever um, and, and see what they're doing. And yes, we definitely draw the inspiration from that. Um, but I do it to the best of my ability too. Like you know, my my time is always somewhat limited. Um, I'm always kind of busy doing something. Uh, when I when I do have a day off, I try to like spend it more relaxing um, than let me go out and eat. You know, now that it's nice out, I try to like go down the shore or something like that. I'd rather be I'd rather be on the beach relaxing that way. Do you cook for yourself um, at home? What, yeah. If I, if I'm gonna actually do it, like if it's a day off or something like that, um, I I was living with my sister for a long time, and then uh, now we actually just live next door to each other. <laughs> uh, but like she's 
she's like the person I cook for most. I, I think she's the person I like to cook for most too. Like, Aww. she's a really good critic for me, um, and uh, she has a she has a great palate. So, uh, cool. <laughs> you know, that's pretty exciting. Sister. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, she liked that stuff. She always like Instagram it or something. Oh, <laughs> that's really sweet. What's her yeah. favorite thing that you make? Yeah. Um, I think she probably likes when I cook duck the most, um, which is like my favorite thing to cook too. Like, I, I, have, out of cooking any any protein, like anything wild like that, duck or venison, like I just like things like that. For at the the home cook, I think duck is the easiest, most accessible. Like, really, I wouldn't think you can like as a home cook. I don't think you're like running out to buy squab or venison tomorrow, but right. duck you can <laughs> find in a supermarket somewhere. Oh. So like that's what I would make the most for us at home. And um, yeah, I just I mean I I'll cook for her and kind of like it's it's always something I have in mind too. Like oh, I'm trying to work on this. Like you know, so I can, if I can recreate something at home, if I can do it at home, uh, and she'll say like, well, it needed this, it needed that, uh, so on and so forth. Or I like this part of it. Then, like, I come back to the restaurant and say, okay, well, right. let's try it. Let's see where we can go with that, you know? So, wait, you said you had a big family. Is it just your sister? In, you have other brothers and in the In the immediate family, is, is small. It's just my mom, dad, myself, my sister. Okay. Um, but big family being, like, that big Italian family, like, you know, like, Christmases. You had, you had like, grandma's house. Like, I, when you're a kid, right. I think you always kind of exaggerate things. Yeah. Um, so, in my head, it's always, like, we had, like, 100 people there. Right, right, right. It may have been 20. But yeah. in my mind, there was 100 you know, people, but we do have a huge Italian family. Do you guys so still get together for holidays now? Do We've you kind of, like, moved apart. Uh, you know, we're not always as close as we could be. Um, we try to get together once in a while. I don't cook as often, though, for the for holidays. The yeah. So you don't, like, cook. Because I was like, going to say, that would be terrible. It's like working your time. Yeah. yeah. That's, I'm you so glad you said that, and I'm going to make my mom listen to this, because yeah. uh, when I go home, she always makes me cook. And I'm like, that's oh, nice. It's my yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is your mom a good cook? Is your dad a cook? <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> um, no, no, no. My dad doesn't cook. He's not a cook at all. My mom, you know, I mean, she she worked growing up. Uh, she was she was still working, so, like, it's not like she had time to sit at home and, and work on dishes all day long. She did the best she could, and uh, I always joke, though, and say that uh, I became a chef because my mom's food was so bad that I wanted to find better <laughs> food. It's not really true, but I like to tell you that. But, no, I mean, she did the best she could. But I didn't. I I, didn't, I wouldn't say I like drew inspiration from from her or anything like that growing up. It was more like I said, it was from my grandma and seeing that that side of things. Cool. What's your favorite dish you've ever created? Whoa, ever created? Yeah. Oh boy. Off the top of your head. Yeah, no, that's tough. Um, I don't really know. Uh, it's a tough one. I've I've definitely created a ton of dishes in my whole life. Um, I would have to say. They, I can't really pinpoint anyone. It's like asking somebody their favorite child. I don't know. It's not easy to pick that, right? Um, so, I I just I get more excited about like what can I come up with next. Like we just started making our own yogurt in house. I think like that's exciting. Um, so like, that's one of my favorite things we've done. Uh, I used to. It's been a long time since I did it, but like we we sprouted. Um, spreaded lentils and we use them on a dish at Mark Forgione and like things like that are like exciting to me like yeah. that's what I that's what those are the things that are always in my head yeah. like small things like like little things like that like yeah. I've made these uh, quote unquote chicharrones a chicharrone is normally made with pork skin um, it's a very big like uh, Latin uh, Latino thing right to have those but uh, I actually do them then make them vegan I can use uh, like beet scraps uh, all sorts of vegetable scraps right now I always have beet and carrot on hand and I use tapioca and I call them a chicharrone because they fry up and have the same exact texture as oh, okay. fried uh, fried cool. skin. That's if I had to pick any one single thing, it's probably that. Wow, because I realized really I could cool. do it with anything. I do it with beets, carrots, mushrooms, onions, cheese. Like it's pretty it's pretty awesome that I like it. Yeah. It's fun. That's yeah. really cool. With um, plant based cooking, 
it, well, and just cooking in general, what are some tips you have, not thinking from a chef's perspective, but thinking from a home cook's perspective? Because to me, the kitchen is very overwhelming. I like feel very uncomfortable there, but I like, I want to like cooking. What are some suggestions? You'd, I know it's a totally different animal, but like, what are some things if you had to say? If I had to talk somebody through cooking over the phone, who doesn't usually cook? You just kind of got to go with what, what you think feels right. That's really the best way to do it. It's, it's kind of how we do it here. I think it's kind of how any kitchen does it, really. Uh, so many dishes are born by accident. Uh, like, you know, whoops, we, we ran out of this, so we put this in there instead. I think the same thing goes for at home cooking. Like, uh, you know, what do you think tastes good together? You, oh, you you like this spice? You like this, this grain or whatever? Like, make it work for yourself. That's, yeah. that's actually... <laughs> It's actually like a, a, a quote, I guess, that I keep in my head, a mantra. We make it work. I actually had a friend, I said it to my friend one time, a good friend of mine, Matt, um, in Florida, and we, we, we would go and cook at people's houses, and, uh, and he's like, do you think these things actually go together? And I was like, we make it work. And he goes, yeah. he goes caviar on lamb, we make it work. And I told oh, him, I, love that. I actually that's told good. him, I was like, one day, Matt, I'm going to write a cookbook, and I said, that's going to be the title of it. <laughs> oh, we I make like it work. That. I'm going to say that as a mantra later today. <laughs> we make it work. Let's make that our catchphrase. pretty good. Just yeah. make it work. We you know, make it work. It's, it's, I think, but it is true. Like, that's really what it comes down to at home cooking. Like, there's no reason to be intimidated by cooking in front of a flame or, you know, I, I know some people might be worried about that getting burned or think, just be careful. You know, I, I don't yeah. know. That could be anything in life. Be careful crossing the street. Uh, yeah, I don't know. knives. Um, you know, like, <laughs> just be, you know, have confidence in that, but like, you'll be okay. But uh, yeah, as far as like, is this going to taste good? Make it taste good. Make it work. That's yeah. really what it comes down to. Hmm. I like that. What about like food trends that you're seeing right now? Anything that you like or that you like want to try? Anything? What do you think about food trends in general? Tell me all your thoughts and feelings on that. <laughs> so food trends in general, um, I don't necessarily keep up my own. I don't like scour the internet for like what's the hottest thing in 2017. I don't always stay on top of that. One thing I know of that that's not just this year. It's been probably for the past few years and hopefully will continue on beyond this is uh, like no waste dinners. I, I think that's really cool, really exciting thing to do. Um, so back in the day, probably early again I mean it's, it's been forever but I think it was really starting to get noticed like early 2000s people would say nose to tail cooking you never wanted to waste an animal right and the same goes for vegetables you shouldn't waste any part of a vegetable but uh, that nose to tail idea well now people are saying going so far to say like well no waste cooking which is like now people do dinners based on that I saw I saw people make uh, a candle out of beef tallow beef tallow is, is just fat that's been rendered down they turned it into a candle they actually had it on the table so like the dinner was all this Food that is yeah. quote unquote garbage, right? Like uh, the, the 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 roots of a lettuce or something like that. Well, how can we turn that into a better a better salad, right? Cool. And here you go on the table too is like a, ta- a candle made of beef fat that is wow. garbage. Like I think that's one of the coolest trends, I guess you could say, right? Um, and uh, and I know that's not just vegetable cooking. Like that's like that's everything overall. But it is true. Like again, like there's no detail, yes. But like now it's like how do we go so far as to like well those are those are carrot scraps or something, right? Like what can we get out of those? That's actually the the these vegetable chicharrones. This is exactly it. We we do um, our, our in house here. We do all these juices, beet and carrot and all sorts of things like that. So when we juice it, we have all this pulp that's a byproduct, right? We get thrown away. Well, now how do we turn that into something else so we're not really Love wasting, that. right? So, uh, you know, I would say as far as trends go, that's like, I guess my favorite one. Yeah. I don't know if I can have a favorite. Um, but, uh, I, and again, I don't really follow too many other ones. Like, I don't know if people are eating phytoplankton or something that's a third yeah. I have no idea you know what I'm saying I don't know something I would definitely you would be oh my yeah. god yeah. I love um, a good sea vegetable <laughs> um, I don't know maybe, that, maybe that's the hot thing now I don't, I'm not really sure but it's not necessarily like I don't keep up on all that stuff yeah. I just 
know. Do you see a push towards more wellnessy things, more healthy oh, things? Oh, I would say definitely. And, yeah, there's definitely yeah. more healthy things, and uh, and I. I would say it's it's almost kind of funny, like I said, like I, I just put those dishes together the other night for somebody and they have to be vegetarian. I didn't do it on purpose, like, but there's definitely that, that push to do it. And I kind of get excited for myself and I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, Did people, yeah. you know, I didn't mean to do it. Right. Gluten-free is like a, a big one too, obviously, right? That's been that way for a long time. Right. Um, my mom has celiac disease, so like she, she found out uh, quite a few years ago, but I mean, in an Italian family, we grew up eating pasta all the time. Right. Um, and uh, so... I, I, I find myself, if you went through the menu right now, any of them, I could probably mark off, I couldn't even tell you how many dishes are gluten-free, hmm. but I never do it on purpose. I Great. just happen oh, to do so it. Cool. It just happens to work out. One day, somebody questioned me, kind of almost in a confronting way, I guess, like, well, what's gluten-free on here? And I was like, well, let me show you what's not. <laughs> cool. There's actually only these two dishes. That's aren't. cool. You know what I mean? Oh. And even beyond that, anything that does have gluten in it, I'll always like, work around Love it. Like, that goes back to like these picky dinner diner yeah. sorry right um but that that one is actually kind of like just more like close to my heart like it's my mom so of yeah. course like you know what i mean like so I, I guess like when when somebody says like oh they want gluten free but then i look at a dish that has it and i say well what would i do for my mom like, how, how am i right. gonna, how am i gonna fix it for that you know like what do i oh, prepare it that way that so. i love that so much <laughs> so the more i hear about the menu the more i'm like and the, i've like looked at your instagram and i'm just like okay this looks insane i think i sent you i sent him the brunch menu and he was like oh that I was would, here yeah oh yeah and he was like i want everything on that menu. yeah um but you can talk about brunch lunch dinner whatever what are some of your favorite items that you want to highlight you can't say it's like picking your children again you have to no no pick a couple. Thought, you know we, we actually we've been doing like a lot of photo shoots and stuff like that lately it was really exciting um and uh although it's it's not it's not vegetarian vegan or gluten-free but uh, i have a a a flatbread that we do is a, it's a croque madame so a croque madame is normally a sandwich right with um, with the, the bechamel and cheese and the, the ham in there and everything fantastic sandwich we actually used to make them at Bar Balloon I, I gained like a hundred pounds eating them they were so good <laughs> but I said how can we turn that into a uh, a flatbread and we did that so we use bacon we use gruyere cheese we make a bechamel we crack two eggs onto it and bake it off and for the photo shoot I brought it up and I was like I guess it doesn't photograph all that well just because it's very monotone looking but I had our uh my, who's my friend Mark that did the photos uh, he ate it and he's like yo this is this is sick and like I was like yeah it's pretty good and it's been a little while you know what I mean such a so many menus so many things that taste um, you kind of I'm not gonna say you lose sight of it but it's hard to keep up on everything all the time right so I, I stopped we stopped shooting for a minute we both took a bite and I was like damn that's that is really <laughs> yeah. good. I was really excited about that one you proud of yourself uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, other, other stuff is like like the, the tomato salad that I put on now that's I'm excited about that one there's like so much going on in there and like there's there's a lot going on but nothing more than just being tomatoes you know like it's it's and and uh, vegetables I have cucumbers in there radishes uh, heirloom tomatoes all that stuff's from the green market at Union Square so it's really cool um, and uh, it's not like I like do anything super wild but it's just it's so good like if you don't like tomatoes you're not gonna like it but like right. if you like tomatoes you can't not like it so it's cool. really really awesome um, what else we have a salmon dish that has uh, that does incorporate our, our house made yogurt in there uh, with a lot of the baby squashes and zucchinis that I find at the market um, I'm really proud of that one everything like if you asked me this six months ago, I'd probably be all I'd be really proud of all the just that I just came up with six months ago. Right, so it's right, everything right. that like is hmm. fresh in my mind, right? Some of the um, say some of the plant based and gluten free ones if you have. Sure. Um, well, the tomato salad is is plant based. Yeah. Uh, we do have a cheese on there um, that is actually we actually use fresh mozzarella which we bread and fry so it's not gluten free but easily done without it. Um, our market salad, which is like 
it's more or less just a house salad, but it, the greens on there are so good. Um, they come from uh, his farm, Lonnie's farm, which is down in like South Jersey, and uh, it's just a mix of so many different lettuces, like sorrels, wasabi, mustard greens, um, baby kales, all sorts of things like that. But there's, it's so good. Like, and he grows them uh, indoors, so it is available year round. Um, but my god, they're they're some of the best. Like I get so excited when I go over there and like see them. Uh, I call ahead now and like tell them like save me five pounds. But uh, still, like I love when I go over there and just like pick out of the little bins like the taste. That's cool. Yeah. Everyone else is using tongs. I'm like no no no, <laughs> just taste the greens. Get in there. Um, what else? What else do we have? We have a oh actually if you don't mind so yeah. we have the menu right. This is this is the lunch menu. So it's, we'll go off this. One one is actually um, gluten free and. Uh, um, it's not necessarily it's not plant based, uh, but it's a, a chickpea panisse, and it's gluten free and that it's it's deep fried, so it is deep fried in the same fryer. Uh, some people I know are like okay with that, uh -huh. so whatever. Um, but itself is is think of like if you think of like deep fried polenta, same idea. So there's like deep fried hummus, um, mm. so it's like got like a nice crispy exterior. That sounds like my thing. dude. It's, it's so good. It's so yeah, good. I'm like really into hummus. It's his favorite sort. food. Yeah. Nice, nice. I actually just like kind of like recently got into like hummus. Like I. I, I, I started eating a little healthier at one point, uh, probably back in like December. No, I, like I started eating like knowing that that had like more of a healthy quality to it, and like eating like vegetables with it. Come in, instead of coming home and eating grilled cheese and ramen, you're it's like, the best snack, man. It yeah, really is. It's it really so is. good. I don't know in the yeah. deep fried form if it's that good for you, but um, that sounds great anyway. It's a, <laughs> we do it with, uh, with with dill and and garlic, and like it's got like it's just such a good flavor. It's like your um, dream dish. It is actually. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the roasted carrots we get we get like baby carrots in the market all the time, and uh, we just spice those with um, cumin, cayenne, um, what else? Paprikas in there, and uh, we just roast those off. And we actually also make our own buttermilk ricotta cheese. So like we make that, we whip it. It's on the bottom. Uh, toasted cashews on there, like a, it's like a toasted cashew vinaigrette. Like to toasted cashews, crush them up in a uh, sherry and, and olive oil. And uh, it's just like super like cool. it's just about the carrots, you know what I mean? Like it's it's really tasty. It's like the I was challenged to come up with things like that when we started this restaurant, and I didn't know that I could do it. Now I feel like like I, I've, again, I get surprises me that I'm like like I'll just throw something together real fast. And like oh wow, that's a yeah. vegetarian dish. I didn't realize. Hmm. You know? That's funny, carrots. Yeah on a menu are is like our thing yeah like we, every, we only eat at places that have carrots on the menu yeah we <laughs> love the for some reason baby that's like we'll be like well let's check out this out oh are there carrots in the menu okay Done. Yeah, let's just go there that's cool. yeah I went to a, a restaurant called uh, Nick's, which is from uh, John. That's my Green. name. Oh, it's a vegetarian place. <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah, too far. From here. Us, yeah. Yeah. My friend was telling us about it yeah. last night, and it's like a four-star yeah. restaurant or something. It's a two-star, one-star. He has, I think, one Michelin star. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he got reviewed by the Times. So I don't know if he has New York Times stars, but uh, uh, and not that I'm trying to like promote for him, but like I, I, no. I ate over there, and I was like, again, like that's one of those things where I was like, I'm not, I wasn't a vegetable guy. I wasn't like, I gotta go out and have just vegetables. I need to put it on the menu. Like I went there, and I was like, wow, that's like. You made a whole meal out of vegetables. Like it's not me. I don't eat that way. Yeah. It's like about about three years ago. I went down the shore, and uh, a friend of mine was, she was gluten free. She was trying to be vegan as best she could. And we ate in this restaurant that I didn't realize when I said yes to going out with her that it was gonna be like totally vegan. We sat down and ate, and at the end of the meal, I was like, "Yeah, be kidding me. This was like a really fantastic meal." There was some things I would have changed. Some things I I could be like, uh, "It wasn't so great," but still, like I was like, "This is all like pretty awesome." That there was yeah. this was like a vegan dinner that I just ate. I, I think that's the that. best when like you can be at a place that's plant based and they don't make a big deal of it. It's mm -hmm. just like this is food. It's not right. like they're not leading with that. It's just right. like this is delicious and it happens to be plant based. Just like you, when you make a dish, it's not like you're trying. You just made a really good dish and it was like, oh great, I actually didn't use any dairy right. in this or whatever. Right. 
I've, I, as somebody who doesn't live that way all the time, right? Or really at all. I mean, I, uh, I'll, I'll go through like little fads where I do like eat just hummus, right? Uh, but uh, um, as somebody who does that, like when I do eat a meal, that's that. Again, this restaurant was vegan. Like if you can fool me, like you win. Yeah. Like you did it right. Totally. <laughs> you know? So I, I, I am kind of surprised by that sort of stuff. Another question. So as a chef, are you constant? I want to know like how you handle eating and food because are you constantly tasting while you're working or while yeah. you're creating? Yes, we, we taste all the time. Like, I'm always tasting something, so it's very rare that I would, like, sit down and eat a full meal, like, for lunch. Oh, okay. Like, I'll, I might come in in the morning, like, make myself something small to eat, but then, like, after that, for the rest of the day, it's just always, like, eating. It's always, like, just a tasting here, tasting there. Really? And it kind of, like, it's like grazing. It sort of, like, just fills hmm. you up. This is my favorite time of the year because right now we have all these, like, different, like, snow peas, uh, sugar snaps, all sorts of things like that. I saw uh, green beans and wax beans at the market the other day. Romano beans are coming in soon, like... Those are my favorite things to eat raw. So like now is the time of year. Like yes, I'm like always like tasting something with a spoon. Like oh, we made a we made a sauce. We made this. I got a taste. But like now I'm always like walking around like into like the cooks like mise en place and they're prepped for the day. I'm like oh cool raw vegetables. <laughs> I'm just eating. Like it's my these are my favorite raw vegetables That's to eat. Great. So, <laughs> so, so the best time of year. Do you kind of make it zero? I have a friend who's a food blogger and photographer and critic kind of, and she said this thing to me that always kind of stuck in the back of my head is she was like. I always want to be hungry a little bit. Like, I'd never want to be super full because she always wants to be able to, like, try things and not be so full that she's not going to be able to enjoy it. So she always kind of orients her life in that way. And so, which I don't know how I exactly I feel about that. But <laughs> <laughs> with, you know, with being a chef and being always kind of ready to graze and always, like, wanting, feeling like you need to be satisfied with a meal, do you ever kind of toy with that and like with looking at you know how you feel about eating and your body and like fueling your body enough to like do the work you need to do how does that all kind of like intersect I guess I even if I was so full it's my job to taste the food so like if I was like uh, I've eaten too much for the day it doesn't matter I still have to taste the food that I make that we make every day you know I mean my sous chefs are always coming to me like it's part of your job, yeah, right? it's, it's the job like you have to do it like I don't know that I would ev- I've ever set myself up to just be like I have to, I have to, I have to want more. I have to eat more. Thank you so much. Oh. Yum. Thank you, Manny. Food has arrived. So, this is cool. So this does have gluten and dairy on it. Mm-hmm. And I should have told him that beforehand. No, this is perfect. Um, <laughs> he eats it. Uh, there you go. Yeah. So this is, um, this is tomato salad. So like I said, tomatoes yeah. come from... This is the uh, guy. This is, the, this is the it. One. This is the this one. This is it. Um, so tomatoes, uh, they come from the green market. Uh... For the most part, they're, they come from Cherry Lane Farms, which is down in uh, like very South Jersey. Uh, Persian cucumbers that are shaved on there, radishes from all sorts of stands. Uh, there's basil seed. We call it basil seed caviar because you you soak them in a little this water. This stuff right here. Yeah, kind of oh, like, like, like seeds. exactly. Yeah. I was gonna say same idea. Like if you soak it in water, they get this like uh, kind of like gel around the outside. Yeah. And, you know, um, tomatoes basil get basil seeds. Yeah, huh. yeah. Tomatoes get marinated in um, olive oil, green peppercorns, uh, shallots, and whole basil leaves. And then uh, on the pickup, we season it with sherry vinegar and salt. And then you see the fried mozzarella cheese on there, um, which is just fresh moths that we just bread ourselves. Um, and then what else on there? Oh, there's a tomato foam. We take tomato water. So we, we, we tomato water is a long process, but it comes out as clear as liquid, as clear as water. I mean, it's pretty awesome. It's like but not it tomato like, juice. Not tomato juice, not at all. Like we like 
Robocua, we, we, in the food processor, uh, we strain it through a cheesecloth so it's like super fine. And it comes out like a, literally like as, as clear as, as a glass of water, uh, but it has the acidity and flavor of like a tomato. It's pretty awesome. Um, it hap- it, it, it's, it's, I didn't invent that or anything. That's like from all over the place. Everybody does that. But um, we take that and then we whip it so it's a foam. Um, that goes like an immersion blender kind of um, thing? We use the, uh, the KitchenAid mixer okay. with, the, with the whip on there to, to bring it out. Um, what else? We finish it with a little bit of espalette pepper, which is uh, has some good heat to it, so it gives you a little bit of spice on there. And then the greens. Today the greens, uh, looks like he used wood sorrel, which is a cool forage green. But um, I, I on the menu, I just keep this as, like, it could be any green. You know, I mean, let me see. I went to the market today, and this was a cool thing that I saw. So, Or maybe it was an herb that I liked, and we'll put that in there, you know. Um, so we keep it. Yeah, I don't actually don't even think I have it on the menu as, like, being any greens in the salad. Cool. And is this going to be like a seasonal thing? Just while yeah, it's tomato salads around. So for such a long time, I was I was I don't know trained, I guess, uh, to to think like tomatoes can only be had at a certain time of the year, and they, if they're if they're greenhoused, um, they're not going to be good. Well, here I work off the idea of we're market to table. I don't like to say farm to table. I like to say market to table. So if it's at the market, well, why can't I use it? So for a long time. Um, I was told, like, just because the tomatoes are at the market, no, they're not ready yet, they're not ready yet. But they are. I mean, these guys don't bring tomatoes in in January. They're not doing it then. They brought them, like, maybe a week ago, two weeks ago. They're not fully outside yet. They're probably, uh, they're not actually, technically not greenhouse. They, they use these things they call tunnels. So, like, they're planted outdoors. They just have, like, big, like, plastic tunnel that covers the whole plant, like, goes the whole row. So it grows outside. It just protects them a little bit from the cold hmm. cold nights. Um, so to me, like, hey, it's still it's good tomato. And at the end of the day, too, like, if I taste it and it doesn't taste good, I'm not going to use it. Sure. These taste great, though. So I was super excited to see them. Tasted them. And I was like, yeah, they're fantastic. So we went with it. Um, so, yeah, it is it is very seasonal in that it, it, it maybe it's out a little bit before some other places might have a tomato salad, but they're still going to be good. And once tomato season's over, like, you know, again, these guys might be able to be able to make them run until I've seen tomatoes go all the way into November. You know, if we have a if we have a warm fall, so uh, if they're all the way out to then, we'll use them. Once they're gone, though, they're gone. We'll move on to the next salad. Cool. Cool. Any questions for Chef Matt? Can I eat some of these? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Do you um, have any? You know, you orient your life to. You know, your schedule is abnormal from you know a traditional nine to five job. How do you handle stress? How do you kind of like structure your days when you're not having a day off? Um, well, I I try not to get too stressed about things. Um, I mean, obviously, people get stressed from time to time, but I also try to just go with the flow. Like, if something changes, if something was like, oh, we, uh, you know, hey, by the way, now we have a ten top coming in right now. Uh, you know, what are we gonna do about it? Tell them no. I mean, don't why stress over it. Just. Well, we just we work our way through it. That's yeah. all it is. Um, so I mean, like, that's really like that. That really is like a, a good example of my whole day. Like, I might be downstairs working in the kitchen, and something might come up that I have to go somewhere, do something, meeting time, whatever. No reason to get stressed about stuff. Work we make it Perfect. work. Yeah, exactly. We make <laughs> it work. Use the mantra. There. Use the mantra. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So the name of my podcast is Let It Out. Okay. So when I offer that to you to let it out, is there anything about cooking or being a chef at this restaurant or the menu or anything just in general that you feel like we haven't covered that you want to tell us um i i i think we covered it all but i mean i just want to like touch more on like i really like 
love going to the market. It's 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 super inspirational for me. Um, like <laughs> it's so happy. I went uh, maybe when I first saw the the squash and zucchinis come out uh, maybe two weeks ago. Uh, I was there with with somebody that works here, and she was actually like taking Instagram pictures and Snapchats of it and all. And she she like she caught it all on camera. Like I turned the corner and there they were on the table, and I was like so that's excited. So like, cute. Like I wish I was with you. <laughs> like that's like probably the one thing I want. I always try to touch on like how how excited I get about that sort of thing. The the winter time. It's hard to get excited in the winter time. They're, the market still goes on. Um, it's still there four days a week, but it's it's a lot of uh, apples and turnips and fruit vegetables and things like that, right? Yeah. So it's it's hard to get excited. You know, you, how many purees can you make before you're like, okay, this is enough? <laughs> so like when I love when a good puree. I'm not saying they're bad yeah. by any means. Yeah. I love making them, but for those like six months of cold weather, uh, again celery root. Uh, but you know now with the weather getting nicer. Um, I, I keep saying to everyone like the green stuff's coming and like that's the thing I always try to like point out try to like let everybody like no like it's it that's what we do like we, we go to the market and we grab what's what's the newest what's the freshest I, I go on my days off sometimes if you know if I take off on a Monday and the market's going on obviously I, I go over there on my own just because I want to see like who knows like maybe I, I, I guess I'm always like worried like what if I don't go that day and it's the first of the season blueberries and then I miss out on those yeah. so uh, even if it's my day off I want to go so I can see that they're there I'll grab them I'll buy them and we'll use them over here you know cool. Nice. So I guess that's me. Like I, I just it, it, sometimes we don't need anything from the market. Same idea. I'm here. I gotta go over there anyway. We gotta go see what's there. See what's newest. If I didn't do that, that, that one day I wouldn't have known that squash and zucchini was out. Right. I, w- I would have had to wait another two or three days before I saw it. I love how passionate you are about that. <laughs> Makes yeah. me so happy. Do you listen to music while you cook? Um, we listen to some music in the kitchen. It's a lot of uh, Metallica. <laughs> we had that in our lift the other day. Yeah, we did. Nice. Super <laughs> weird. Very intense. <laughs> um, my my pastry cook, uh, my lead pastry cook, David, he loves Metallica. That's so funny. A pastry cook that loves Metallica. Yeah, yeah he loves it. It seems so, kind like, of counterintuitive. It does. Yeah. It does. He he always asks, "Can we put our little music?" I'm like, "Sure," but like. Nothing, nothing super loud. So, because he listens to some crazy stuff, so he always like put Metallica on or something like that. That's so funny. Maybe like a little tool. I'm like, all right, that's cool. I can handle that. <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, anything else? Do we need to ask Chef Matt? Good. Anything else? Okay, I have like a really inside baseball question that yeah. you can like cut out. Okay, so tomatoes. <laughs> I just want to watch tomatoes. So like the non, the ones that no one likes are the ones that are like prematurely ripened, right? Where, like, they're, like, like green, green tomatoes? tomatoes, but then, like, they, like, add a chemical to them to make it look red. Is this a thing? Uh, I have never... I don't know. Okay. I wouldn't say I'd ever use a tomato like that. That sounds like something that's, like, super manufactured. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So, I... Like, so the tunnel that you're talking about, I was like, I was like, is these, that what we doing? Or, like... These like tunnels are literally, it. like, it's like a plastic rubber, whatever, I don't know. And, you know, it's a hundred yards long is where the tomato plants are all planted. And this thing just covers the whole thing. It doesn't, there's nothing, there's no chemical about it. It's just okay. that, it's just a protectant from the, the harsh, the harsh nights, you know. So, like, they plant these plants outside and when the, when it starts to warm a little bit, so, like, Marchish area. Um, and then they cover them to make sure that the, the ground doesn't freeze around them and they don't, the plants don't die. It's not a greenhouse. It's not. They're not being sprayed with chemicals. Okay. Most of the farms, I, I can't say all of them because I, I don't know for sure, but most of the farms at uh, the Union Square Green Market are organic. And if they are, they're posted. They always say, like, certified organic and stuff like that. So, like, you know, some people actually get, like, you know, weirded out if they see, like, like uh, lettuce greens that have holes in them. Like, oh, well, that's a, a bug hole. That's actually not a bad thing, because that yeah. means that they're not yeah. spraying for chemicals, right? And people don't always realize that. They think, like, oh, it's a chewed-up lettuce, chewed-up leaf. 
yeah, well, we want the pristine one, okay, but there's probably some other stuff on there that you know, I mean, that you probably don't want. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> do you, do you deal with like ugly food? Because I know that's like a big thing. Where like, if this head of lettuce isn't like gorgeous, like it's just not gonna sell, you know, and then it's like, it's wasted. So like, um, do you intentionally like? Uh, maybe like purchase like things that aren't aesthetically pleasing. Of course, you make them that way. We we yeah, we make everything look good. We yeah. you know, or as best we can, right? Um, it doesn't mean that I buy bad food. I'm not gonna buy something that's rotten. Right. Um, but if it was like a like a twisty carrot, like in the long run, you probably wouldn't even know because of the, the right. way we're gonna manipulate it, right? Yeah. The way we're gonna cook it, roast it, whatever it comes down to. Um, it's not gonna be like what the hell's wrong with this carrot? It's funny you guys asked it though because I was watching Chopped last night and the episode I watched was like Ugly Foods or something oh. and they had these like they had like carrots that were like three pronged carrots and they like twisty cucumbers and I was like what's wrong with that? I don't know. Yeah. Because that's an easy challenge. Because they're just, they're just cucumbers. Great. Yeah, right? they, yeah. They, it's just a cucumber. Yeah. You didn't give them bad food. You just gave right. them like weirdo looking food. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Well, the verdict's out on the salad, and I just Super ate good. all the cucumbers out of it. And it's delicious. <laughs> and the radishes, it's so good. Um, yeah, so congratulations. Cool. Uh, Thank he's, you very much. He's as good as he seems after you. <laughs> um, anything else? This was great. Thank you so Thank much you. for doing Thank the podcast. You. I appreciate it. I was excited to do this. Thanks for setting this up. Thank you very much for coming. <laughs> yeah, this is great. It's nice to have a co host. Yeah, I do okay. <laughs> First great. time. Yeah. You did great. And it's your birthday. It's hey, a birthday. Happy birthday. Hey. Cheers. We did it, guys. Cheers. That was fun. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you so yeah. much. <laughs> I like this giant bottle of mineral water you're drinking. Yeah, too. yeah. I actually didn't used to drink sparkling water until I got here. Now I can't not. It's drink good. Water. That's yeah. the thing. I like. I got in for a little while, and then I got off, and I was like, "This is for the best." Yeah, that's funny. The um, our we have a friend who has like a sparkler, like it sparkles. The oh water yeah, water. yeah, yeah. Soda stream. Mm-hmm. The soda stream, right? Right. I have that. Do you think it works well? Have you have you? The soda stream? I've never yeah. actually drank from it. I don't like sparkling things. Okay. <laughs> so, it's a long time ago, there was a restaurant called WD50. Not a long time ago, it was a couple years ago. Uh, it was a super like uh, innovative restaurant. Uh-huh. Uh, the guy, Wiley Dufresne, the chef and owner there, he would do some really like wild things with food, like really like manipulate them using different like food chemicals that, you know, turning sh- like a, a shrimp puree into noodles or something like that. Like he do like really crazy Ooh. stuff like that. But I remember sitting at the bar one day and uh, grabbing a drink before I was eating and he had a, tall, a CO2 tank that was as tall as me and they would like, so they would immediately carbonate a drink right, like, right there. So like if you like- Wait, so you just like fire it into like the glass yeah. and then it gets carbonated? Uh, it was, they had a soda bottle Okay. Right, that they you gotta like, like attach to seal it. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he'd like make like say like a Negroni, and like instead of just pouring uh, whatever water soda, club soda into it, like mm-hmm. he like infused it. Ooh, so it wasn't it wasn't cool. just adding like water to it. You weren't diluting a drink. You were yeah. actually making the drink carbonated. That's oh, sweet. So, yeah. Like things like that. Like yeah. I don't know why Negroni is the first thing that came to my mind, but like imagine that like I'm drinking Negroni that doesn't have anything other than the Negroni ingredients, but is now carbonated. Right. This is actually yeah. really cool. Yeah. I don't know if you can afford to have a CO2 tank in your house. No, that sounds... Around, <laughs> or the space, A little, little hardcore, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the um, space. Wait, okay, I have one more question. Yeah. Okay. And the podcast is, like, done at this point, I think, right? Yeah, we've we can already, edit this in if out. we need to. We're no, it's going to be about pastrami, so I don't okay, think you just want to hear about that. Okay, yeah, so... Thank you guys so much for listening. That's the episode. I hope you like it. I am ending it here, but if you want to hear Nick's final question and a little bit more banter, stick around after this outro and you can hear that if you feel like it. If not, you can end it here. That's cool too. I'll talk to you guys next week with a brand new full episode with Phoebe from The Wellness Project. And if you don't know Phoebe, you should check her out. She's fantastic and 
It was maybe one of my favorite episodes ever, yet, for sure. And I just, I really like her. I'm excited for you guys to hear it. We recorded it in person in Brooklyn a couple weeks ago. And until then, tweet at me the emoji for this week's episode, which is, it was so easy this week. It's never easy, but it was so easy for me to choose. Without further ado, the emoji for this week's episode is none other than the tomato, because we talked about the tomato quite a bit. He, Chef Chris, that is, makes this amazing tomato salad, which we got to try, and I highly suggest heading on over to Cafe Society next time you're in New York and trying it. If you like tomatoes, you're gonna love this salad. The dressing is so good, and I really enjoyed it, and so did Nick, and I think everyone who's ever had it. So check it out. Tweet at me the tomato, and I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening. I love you so much. If you like this episode, leave a review on iTunes. Share it with a friend. Leaving a review is so nice and helpful, and I read all of them. I love them. And quickly, I just want to thank the sponsors one more time. FreshBooks is the best. I use them. I love them. And I really genuinely think you will, too. They're great. You can change the colors. You can change... You can add your logo in and your invoices. You really look professional and like a boss as a freelancer. And I think they're great. And I really think you guys will too. If you're not a small business person and you don't have a freelance career, they are also really great for tracking your finances, which is something that I know I can always stay more on top of. So if you want to check them out, even just to try them for 30 days, you can for absolutely free. You can get a free 30-day unrestricted trial by going to freshbooks.com slash let it out. That's freshbooks.com slash let it out. And make sure you enter the code, well, you enter let it out in the how did you hear about us section because that lets them know that I sent you, which helps support the podcast. So make sure you just get your free trial. It supports the podcast. And after you do that, make sure you enter let it out in the how did you hear about us section so you're actually supporting the podcast another way to support the podcast check out new do they are an awesome all-natural skincare brand that i really like they are a beauty system check out their products see what you like their eye cream is exceptional and you really have nothing to lose with them because they have a 60 day 100 money back guarantee and you can get 20 percent off your order just because you're a listener of this podcast. How do you do that? You go to newdo.com and enter the code let it out at checkout. That's newdo, N-U-D-U.com and enter the code let it out. All right, all these links to newdo, to FreshBooks, to the event I'm going to be at with Franklin and Whitman in Philadelphia, Self Care Sunday. All those links are in the show notes. You don't have to remember anything. And the link to Cafe Society, the restaurant that I was at with Chef Chris, it's all in the show notes. So go check it out. Next time you're in New York, maybe we should all meet there. Should we do a meetup there? That might be cool. All right. I love you guys. Leave a review. Share this episode. It really does help out the show a lot. Also, subscribing on iTunes helps. It all helps. Let's be friends on all of social media. I'm at Katie Dalebow on Instagram. I, I really enjoy doing my Instagram stories, so you know, if you like watching those, let me know. Let me know what you want to see, and I will talk to you guys later. So many cool episodes coming out, and I, I'm really excited about this podcast and where it's going and the future and 
present and I, I just want to know from you what you like, what you want to hear more of, and I'll talk to you guys later. Okay, love you, bye! Oh, and you can join the Facebook group as well. That's a great place to meet other people who listen to the podcast. Link to that also in the show notes. I've been, I've been to cats a lot of times. Okay. We were talking. I've only about been it. once. You only once? Yeah. I've been twice. Okay. By a lot of times, I've been twice. But like, love it. it was More like times amazing. from someone D- who lives in New York. From twice or three times since I've been. So there yeah. You go. <laughs> and like, big fan. But like, if I want another one. What's like a good one? What's Ooh, Carnegie oh, Deli all about? Is I, that the same honest, thing? To be honest, I don't know. Like, is Carnegie uh, Deli. Carnegie Deli actually closed, I think, didn't it? I think oh, it <laughs> yeah, I think Carnegie Deli closed. So if, you, if you want good pastrami, I don't know yeah. if he still does it all the time. So uh, there's a restaurant called Lobster Press. It's there's one in World Trade in um, the, the new like Oculus. Mm-hmm. There's one in the Penzi at uh, Penn Station, and he will again. I don't know if he always keeps pastrami around, but. This guy's name is Chance Perkins. He's a friend of mine, and he makes some awesome pastrami. Right. He does a lot of like really cool stuff like that. Does he make it himself, or he like just yeah. does the same? No, right? he makes it himself. Oh, nice. Like he brings the brisket in, brines it for two weeks, Sweet. does the spice rub on there, like smokes it, roasts it, blah blah blah. It's really really good. Carnegie's still open, actually. Really? Yeah. What's the one that closed up by up there? Is Carnegie good? Have you been there? No, I've not. not. Have you heard good things? I guess I've heard bad things. It's famous, that. right? It is famous. Yeah. Did like David Letterman like oh. it or something? I could have sworn that they closed. I thought the Midtown one closed. Ah, okay, that's that's what it was. The Midtown was Which the one is that the was yeah, one. that was the one that was right next to Letterman, and uh, oh, that's what that uh, was yeah. next to Letterman. Yeah, I knew it had something yeah. to do with Letterman. Because he used to uh, Rupert, wasn't that guy's name? Rupert yes. that used to the little mm. dude that used to work there. Yes, ran it, whatever. This fried thing. That's With, the cheese. It's so good, man. Yeah, cool. it's really good. Yeah. This dressing is really good. I want to drink it. That's exactly what Mark said. Very hungry, said. Like, he, he <laughs> ate it, and he was like, he's like, you know, I'm not the kind of like dressing yeah. kind of guy. I don't want to like, I don't like this overdressed stuff. He's like, but I just want bread and like soak this all up and eat this. Yes. I would, I would drink all that right now. <laughs> That's what I was saying. Like, if you don't like tomatoes, it's not gonna like it. But like, I didn't do anything. I just put tomatoes on a plate. So <laughs> good. Wait, heirloom tomatoes like alone are amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. It's, it's you know, and I. I I should have said this 20 minutes ago. Letting the ingredients like kind of speak for themselves. I can like, edit it. Um, letting the ingredients speak for themselves. You know, like like we, we I don't I, trust me. I love to play with food and like see some like weirdo stuff that I can do. In the past, I would try, try to do it a lot more often. But as I grow, as, as I chef. as I mature, yeah, as I grow as a chef, yeah, like I find it more to be like, well, let's just like let the food do its own talking. Yeah. You know, like that's now being as close as I am to this market. You know, I worked in Tribeca for a long time, and to come up to Union Square four times a week was like, what a pain in the butt. I would do it if I could. Um, it just wasn't always ideal. But now, like, I, I know I joked and said I go four times a day, but like, no joke. Sometimes, like, I've been there like on a Monday, like three times. Like, ah, oh, I forgot to go get this. You know what? It's back so close. Yeah. yeah. So so easy. So like, if we have this fresh ingredient, these fresh ingredients, why wouldn't we just yeah. use them all the time and, and let them do do their thing? You know? Yeah. You're doing no, it. no reason to go like crazy. Like making it work. A lot, lot of, you know, there's, 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 there's definitely room for those restaurants. Those restaurants obviously do survive that, that you know, use sous vide cooking and all that sort of stuff. This is like you know, very up there. I don't have the ability to do that. It's not what we have here. Um, and some people would try to do that sort of things, but I don't know, think the tomatoes would grow their own. Just like just eat a tomato, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Just like honor the tomato. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. We're good. We're totally <laughs> good. Right, I'll be back with food. Okay. okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again. Thanks, chef.